0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm excited to share with you a conversation I had with Idakin Tonk. He's the founder and CEO of JotForm, a leading online form-building platform that helps millions of users streamline their workflow and increase their productivity. He's known for his expertise in automation and efficiency, which is why he's here to talk about his brand new book, Automate Your Busy Work. Do less, achieve more, and save your brain for the big stuff. In this conversation, we're going to talk about having an automation first mindset, as he puts it, as well as the four principles of that mindset, the power of time boxing, and how automation can transform businesses, as he shares real life examples from his own company's success. We're also going to address how do you get started with automation if you've never really thought about it before, or if you've heard people talk about it before, but thought that's too daunting of a project or a task for me to do right now. Trust me, we've got some really cool, easy ways for you to just get started. Before we get into that, I want to remind you, you can head on over to beyondthetodolist.com, which is where you can hit the follow button or subscribe button for this show to make sure you never miss an episode. But also that's where you can drop in your email to get the newsletter that comes out each week that accompanies this podcast with a recap of the latest episode, links to related episodes that you may have missed, plus my top three weekly finds to supercharge your productivity. Or honestly, just something cool I thought you might like. Again, all you gotta do is drop your email in over at beyond the list.com And while you're doing that right now, let's get started with this conversation with Idakin Tonk. Well, this week, it is my privilege to welcome to the show, Ideken Tonk. Eideken, welcome to Beyond the To-Do List.
1: Great to be on your show, Eric.
0: Thank you so much for being here. I've been excited. I've been looking forward to this for a while. I've had your book in my possession for a very long time this year and needed to talk to you about this. It's called Automate Your Busy Work, Do Less, Achieve More, and Save Your Brain for the Big Stuff. There's a lot in that title So I think what I'd love to do is just start talking about automating or I should say having an automation first mindset. I don't know if anybody has ever brought it up that way before. Can you explain what you mean by an automation first mindset?
1: Sure. When I talk about automation first mindset, I actually talk about four principles. And the first one is clarifying your priorities. It's important for you to know what's important for you and how do you want to spend your time. And if you understand what's important for you, and if you ask yourself these two questions, what should I spend my time on and what shouldn't I spend my time on? That you can actually figure out like what makes you excited about work? What makes you like, you know, creative, energizes you. You want to actually work on those things and you want to f- automate the rest, automate the work that you, you don't want to spend time on. And because the things that you don't want to do actually drain your energy, they make you feel like they burn you out. So it's important that you start automation with this excitement, that you, know, you, you get these free times from automation and you use those times for things that are important. So the, the first one is clarifying your priorities, understanding your priorities. The second one is harnessing laziness and impatience. So there's a great Bill Gates quote. He says that I would always hire a lazy person to do a hard job because the lazy person will find an easy way to do it. So you want to make sure that you don't keep doing the same things again and again, like just wasting your life doing the exact same things. You want to spend your time on things that matter to you. So it should bother you. You should take an action, like you should take an action to educate yourself, learn about automation tools, figure out the tools you already use, what kind of automation features they have. Like, look at the big picture, look at the workflows you have, like understand the big picture so that you can actually find automation that can help you on the whole. So that's the second one. The third one is you need to make time to save time. So people say that, okay, you know, I don't have time to like really learn automation. I don't have time to learn technology, but you have to make time to save time. A day of automation can save you a year of work. And if you don't take that time, you can go to websites like youtube.com. You can go to YouTube. Like you can just read up on the tools you already use. Like if you are using Gmail, Gmail has like so many automation features. Like if you take the time that you can actually learn about them and you, you will save so much time. So it's about making time to save time. That's the third one. And the fourth one is, embrace systems thinking there's a great book by Donna Meadows she wrote the book systems thinking and in this book she describes you know how the whole world is about systems and if you want to make a change you need to understand those systems and you need to understand how they work how you can actually apply pressure at the right point so that you can actually make a change like there are cause and effects there are feedback loops there are leverage points like there's just so many things and if you see like your work, your workflows as systems, then it's actually easier to automate them. And once it starts seeing them as systems, what happens is that instead of like being like an individual contributor, like doing things on your own, you're basically building these systems that work on autopilot and you're actually managing them. Like you are not actually doing those things. You're managing the systems that do those things you start looking at things as systems and this is a great time to do this because just like there's a big automation, you know, explosion. Like there's just so many tools available to like small businesses, individuals and, you know, everyone else. And in the past, those kind of automations would only be available to like, you know, big companies. But today, like, you know, you you just pay like, you know, $9 a month or something. You find this no code, you find this SaaS product and then, you start automating things. There are so many products that allow you to build your own systems, and it's called no-code.
0: Love it. Yeah, there's a lot of no-code stuff out there. In fact, we probably ought to do an episode on no-code specifically. I know that JotForm, is, where you are, is essentially no-code as well, and we'll get into that a little bit here. I'm glad you brought up Gmail. That's one actually I think a lot of people don't realize... They are already using a tool that has automation possibilities in it. Like I have certain, as simple as it is, one of the most basic automations you could have is just to create a few rules in your Gmail that as certain addresses or senders come in, it skips the inbox. It goes to a folder. You don't mark it as read, but you mark it as archived. So it's out of the way. It's like having somebody do work for you that you would normally be doing and then you're not bogging down your inbox. And again, take that and do with it what you will, but that's something I have set up for certain newsletters, certain deals, certain things like that, so that they bypass the inbox completely, not sitting there in with everything else that's more actionable and more immediate. I'm glad you brought that up. I think, though, people get in their head when they hear that word automation. I think they have misconceptions. What do you think? I mean, I think a lot of people are kind of, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to hand that. We already have a problem delegating to humans sometimes because we think I'm the only one who can do the thing. I think even more so without proof of seeing an automation tool do it without fault, we're a little bit mm, nervous. What's your take on that?
1: Yeah. I mean, so let me give you my Gmail solution, like the solution that really helped me and that made a huge difference for me. I think that's a good example. And what happened was, so I was actually drowning in like emails, like an average office worker actually receives 175 emails. And I was like receiving hundreds of emails. And I was spending all my day trying to like, you know, clean my emails. So this was a big, big problem for me. And what I did was I actually searched for a solution. I tried like 10 different products that can help me with the automation, but I, I couldn't find a solution. Nothing I tried really helped me. But while I was searching for them, while I was looking at them, I actually started imagining the perfect solution I was looking for. And the perfect solution was that I wanted to see my emails by priority. So instead of seeing emails by like time order or date order, what if the top email was the highest priority email? And what if like the, the next email is the little bit lower priority and it goes like that? And at the end, like you, you have the spam, you have the email, you don't want to even see. What if if I could see my emails that I would just start processing those emails and you know, whenever I uh, leave at that, I knew that I didn't waste time. Like I, I just processed the most important emails. I'm slow, gradually going down. So once I imagined that, I thought to myself, I don't need another tool. Gmail actually can do this for me. And here's the solution I found. Basically, I created these three labels, level one, level two, and level three. And level one is the top priority email for me. And level two is like the email directly sent to me. So I should be responding to them. And level three is kind of all the emails that I'm part of, like the newsletters or the email threads tra- I'm part of. And everything else don't get any labels. They just drop to the inbox, right? So I created the filters. So let's say our VP of HR, if, if she emails me, it goes directly to my L1 because it's probably important. My publisher of the book, Wiley, If there's an email coming from Wiley.com, that goes to my inbox as well, like L1 inbox as well. But here's the thing. I never go to my Gmail inbox directly. I have these bookmarks directly taking me to like level one, level two, and level three. And that's what I'm going to do. Like when I'm ready to process my emails, I'll just go to level one and I will process the most important emails. And when I'm done with I go to level two. And if I only have like 10 minutes between meetings, I will just process my L1. And I will basically either reply to them or archive them. Or if I need to look at it tomorrow, I will just snooze it to tomorrow. So Gmail has like so many automation features. Like you can snooze emails, you can like send later, like you can define, okay, send this email tomorrow morning because, you know, I don't want someone to like respond to me at night. Like it's, it can wait tomorrow. So I will just set it to send at 9 a.m. so that, you know, they can just get back to me uh, when they're at work and, you know, they, they are not working. At night, midnight or something. This system actually helped me a lot because now I'm processing the most important emails first. And when I get to the, like emails that are not really important, I'll just look at the whole list, like, you know, hundred emails at once, just select all. And then quickly I will just scan it and I will find the emails that I want to actually like look at in detail. So I will uncheck them and I will archive the rest. And, you know, I will do that for, usually for L3, I will do that for like the rest of the inbox. And if there's something that I missed, I'll create a filter for that as well. So there is some management, like, you know, I will create a few uh, filters every week, but it's it's not taking me any time. And this system has been working for years and it's just, it's it has been saving me so many hours every single day. Every single day it's saving me hours because I don't have to like get lost in the, sea of emails and worry about like that important email that I missed.
0: That is a great system. I am glad you brought that up because that's a great example for people who, again, we were talking about You know, automation and this concept of getting something done without you having to do every step of the way of it getting done. And again, I think some people feel a little control freak about it and they want to, they want to know that their purview is looking at every single step. But again, we're getting to the point where that's just not possible if you're going to get all the things done that you need to get done. And this is a great like low level. Everybody does email, in other words. So this is a great low level, like baseline. If you heard something I said or something Idakin can said that makes sense in Gmail or whatever your email client is like, this is a great opportunity to brainstorm and see and adopt what we said or or even add on or tweak or whatever. But like, it's a great opportunity to come up with something small, basic, simple, and most importantly, easy to implement.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, I mean, obviously, Gmail is a really good place to start, or I should say email. I'm saying Gmail as if everybody uses it. A lot of people do. But email in and of itself is a great place for people to start because people are spending a lot of time there. And there's a lot of quick, simple, easy fixes like we just talked about in terms of rules and bookmarks that can help manage it and get it. Wrangled into a more manageable state that is saving you a lot of time. You're spending way less time on email, but you're getting way more done in email. Great place to start. What would you say are some next places to look at as key opportunities for automation in our own personal as well as collective workflows?
1: So we didn't talk too much about my background, but I found a job from 17 years ago. So like last 17 years, like Sears. 17 years, I have been like you know working in uh, forms, so you know I really have this really like, I appreciate how much forms save people time. Like I see that in in the customers, and we just did a, this case study with EW uh, scripts. So EW scripts is like a media company, and they own like sixty TV stations, and they are also like they are doing like this selling B EW scripts me so uh their ad operations uh, so there's this ad operations team that's like uh they have like you know 50 employees in this team and we did this case study with Daniel Blackwell and when he became the head of head operations they had this goal like two day turnaround like so if someone orders some new ad they wanted to like quickly get back to them but it was very difficult and he decided that you know they are going to use forms and they picked Jotform thankfully And the reason they picked JotForm was because JotForm could integrate with all these other products. Uh, They were using Slack. They were using Trello. So, you know, whenever someone fills a form, that form submission can actually go to like Trello or Slack. So basically, the big problem was they have like these products that before they were taking these orders manually. So the salesperson is taking the orders. They have to enter it in the back system. So there's just... Also, like, they have to explain it, like, also back and forth, like, there's, is, there's is no streamlining. So basically, they put all these products in their forms. And when, when people select the product, they can actually ask additional questions as well. So it's, it's a very, like, they use, like, this conditional logic to automatically show and hide questions, show and hide, like, pages, different messaging. So they were able to, you know, the, the customers can't see the, or the, the, the products. So this is the the ordering became easier and they were able to like integrate this form, like trigger emails when someone fills this form. And when this form is submitted, it actually creates this card on Trello that also like triggers emails to the users, assigns them to people. So everyone in the like, the EW scripts, uh, the ad operations team actually has like la- had like, you know, they have sales people, they have like fulfillment, ad fulfillment, and they have the operations people. So all these, uh, you know, they're all aware of what's going on because everything is visible. Everything like even the product list is like because it's online on a form. It's like uh, when it changes, they can quickly change it and it's changed on a single place and. They can quickly update changes uh, to the form and so this this streamlining actually allowed them to really make it easier to do that two day turnaround goal they were able to accomplish that goal much more easily there was less confusion with the customers like there was more customer happiness there was more employee happiness as well because like when things are like you know If when there is a chaos, like everything is going on, it's hard to, you know, know, people are getting stressed, but when you can actually see everything online, when you receive these automated emails, when something changes and they they were using like the Slack integration as well, when there is a change, it's, you know, they would see it on Slack as well. So this automation actually helped the whole team work much more easily, streamline the workflow and save so much time so that they can actually focus on customer happiness. And, you know, we did that case study. It's available on justform.com and, uh, you know, more case studies. But, you know, forms are a great way to really save so much time. Another example, I think the e-signatures, right? We were doing like, you know, we were signing these documents and, you know, emailing them, scanning them before the pandemic. There were some people who were using e-signatures, but most people were actually, you know, they didn't want to bother with it. But once the pandemic hit, Everyone started using e-signatures and everyone saw how easy it is to use e-signatures. And because of that, now it's like, you know, it's, it's the default. You expect to use e-signatures. You, you get surprised when you have to like manually sign things. So I think it's, it's like that. Like you know, it's very easy to just stay with what you are doing. But if you are wasting time, if the, the time you spend on those repetitive tasks are like draining your energy, just take the time, like just time box. A day where you can actually work on the automations and automate many things in your, in your business. And I actually like provide a framework in my book that I call the automation flywheel framework. We can get into that, but this will help you really save so much time in the long term. And it's not that difficult. Like it's just, it's not really like you don't have to be a technology tech person. You don't have to know programming, like just so many tools available today for automation.
0: dot com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash to-do list terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed okay there's so many places i can go here one is what i hear you saying is look to see where your pain points are currently what's draining you What are the things that you're doing throughout your day that you realize, oh, I don't know that I really want to do that? That's going to be a place where you can find possible automation options, first off. Number two, you mentioned time boxing, and I want to get a little bit more in that and hear what you have to say there, because I think that has to do with, I think earlier you said, a day of automation will save you years of time. So I want to dive in there, and then I want to talk about the flywheel.
1: Yeah, sure. So... For me, it's really important to do time boxing and I use time boxing to make sure that I work on the important things. So my morning return involves things like, you know, going to gym, taking shower, sending my kids to school and all that stuff, having my fresh cup of coffee ready. But what I do next is really important. I don't check my emails. I don't check my phone notifications. They are all disabled, all like silenced. And I don't, look at the news. I don't look at the social media. Like just what I do is like I use Mac and I have this really nice uh, Mac monitor. Like uh, I use this app called IA Rider. I mean, you can use any text editor, but what I really like about IA Rider is like you can make it full screen and it's very like clean. Like there's nothing else on the screen. It's just full screen and I use the black background. So I have this full black screen, just one cursor like blinking. That's it like. And that's my morning, like nothing else. Like, And I have my coffee and I look at the screen. And, you know, sometimes I know like what I want to work on, but sometimes I have to like figure that out. I start journaling, like I start just typing whatever is on my mind. And at some point I figure out, okay, this is the most important thing I can work on today. This is also what I call the hunter strategy. Because in the past, when you know, the K-man times, and people, that human woke up, they would just focus on like they they would feel hungry or thirsty, and they would just go hunting. They would just work on whatever is the most important because they would feel the hunger. So I want to feel that hunger in the morning. I don't want to check like the social media and lose lose that. Like I want to make sure that. And this is actually different for different people. You know, I have a friend. He loves like nights. He's you know, he he gets that the same kind of energy at night. And he sent, he puts the kids to school, put to sleep, and then he will just have that you know that energy. But for me, it's the morning time. Like I am more like a morning person, and then I will just the next two hours or two and a half hours, like from you know ten to twelve, I'm just gonna focus on that most important thing. And it's different every time. Like you know, I could be working on a strategy for for my business. You know, sometimes I will just read a book. That's it. Like you know, I have so many. Important things waiting for me. Like, you know, people are expecting something, you know, back from me, but I'm just reading a book there because, you know, when I'm reading a book, like I will read like 10 pages and then suddenly I have like this idea and then I start writing down this idea. And then that, that's like, you know, I'll come off with a strategy. So the basic idea is that I use time boxing so that I work on the most important things and the automation is important because. If you don't have the automation, if you don't have a way to like really disable those distractions, like if you have to do everything manually and if people are waiting for you, then you cannot actually block times because they are constantly interrupting you. Like you have to constantly interrupt yourself to do those things because those things are not like work being done on the background. So your goal should be to automate those like less important time sensitive things, so that you can work on the important things. So automation flywheel has like three different levels. The first level is divide and conquer. The second one is design and implement. And the third one is refine and iterate. So on the first level, you divide and conquer your work. You try to understand how you spend your time. I talk about the time audits. That's one of the ways that you can figure out how you spend your time. So you could basically, like you could have a spreadsheet just note down like how you spend every hour of the day. And if you do that for a week, you will have this summary of how you spend your time. Like you can just total them up. And then you have like, you know, you spent like five hours uh writing emails about this. Or like you spend like two hours like processing this stuff. So you have all these different things going on. and 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 you ask yourself two questions. What should I spend my time on? And what shouldn't I spend my time on? And the second question is more important. The time you spend on things that really doesn't excite you is not just taking your time. They are draining your energy. You're know, you losing your motivation. You are burning out because of them. And they are probably interrupting you throughout the day. But if you can figure out a way to automate them or delegate them, you can actually have more time and you can actually work on those things that are important, those things that you want to spend time on. And there's a great Eisenhower quote. He says that there are two kinds of problems, urgent and important. Urgent are not, are usually not important and important are never urgent. What's happening is that our, our day, our days, our lives are spent on things that feel like they are urgent. Like the, if you watch the news, like you are constantly bombarded with things that you should care about. Like you should, like it's very important. Like. Right at this moment, this is happening. And if you can find a way to, you know, block out, uh, news, uh, or social media, then even at your work, you have all these things that feel like important. Like people are, you know, slacking you. People are emailing you and those things feel like they're urgent. Like you have to take care of them right now. And usually you don't have to take care of them. Usually it's better to take the time to, you know, give them a good answer than just get back to them quickly. And if you get back to them quickly, they will get back to you quickly. It's just a cycle and, you know, nobody's happy. They're also not happy. But if you get back to them with a full answer, take your time, they will probably be happier that you didn't get back to them that quickly. So I was talking about divide and conquer. You figure out how you spend your time and the important thing is like figuring out your workflows because many things that you do are not like one of tasks. So if you just try to automate one of tasks, you're going to be very limited and it's not going to work. And the tough part is to automate the workflows. And the workflows in, not involve you like they involve other people as well. Like, you know, someone is sending you an email and you do something, you approve something, they approve something and you receive orders. So all those things are like, They require constant back and forth. They require like constant attention to what's going on. They feel like they're urgent, but if they could be automated, they will not feel urgent. So it's about figuring out those workflows. And when you document your workflows, it's just suddenly it's it's something magical happens. (laughs) When you put them on a diagram, it's like you start seeing, oh, wow, this can be automated. There's actually a product that does this. Why am I doing this manually? Like you even know like there's a product, but because... You didn't see the workflow as a whole, like you weren't aware of that. So I actually prefer pen and paper, but there are like so many products that can do like flowcharts. Like you can use like Miro, and there are other products. But basically, if you put down those workflows diagrams, they are also useful because you are basically documenting your your business, which is useful because like if you're on vacation, someone else can take you take over those things. So you're also documenting, and when you create workflows diagrams. You're also, you find shortcuts, you find easier ways to do this. You find like, okay, we don't actually have to do that. Why are we doing this? And you see that like you, you do check on things like double things like that. So it's, it's like, it also optimizes your work. It documents your work, it's your processes, and it's also a way to optimize your work. So even you st- before you start automating, you are actually winning there. So the next step is design and implement in this stage. You are actually making time to save time. You are actually researching available products that can help you automating. You are researching the products. You are learning the products you already use. Like you go to YouTube that you watch people. The thing, the the workflows you do, like you find people who are actually doing them and they are describing all these automations. Just take the time and learn from them. Or like you go to G2.com, you find the product that can help you. You read all these reviews and... You feel, oh, wow, you say, okay, all these people have been doing this. Like, why don't I do that? And this this actually motivates you to build these automations. And once you find these products and once you design your automations, and you start implementing those automations. So basically, what you're getting into is you're basically building systems that work on autopilot. And that's the goal. You want to build systems that work on autopilot, and you want to refine and iterate those systems and that's the first step and once you have those systems you want to make sure that you keep track of those metrics because before you were doing things manually but now you're actually doing like you're not doing them you're managing the systems that do them so as a manager you also have responsibilities you know you cannot just delegate and forget you have to delegate and you, you need to keep track of what's happening you need to look at the metrics KPIs like key performance indicators like you know how long it takes for an automation to work what kind of problems are happening with your automations there's a great tool that I really love it's called dead man's niche I don't know if you heard of it but basically it's it's a tool that tells you when something doesn't happen so for example let's say there's a report that needs to be prepared every right and you receive that report so you can go to dead man's niche you can you know. You can enter URLs or you can you, you can create like emails. Like it, they will give you an email address. And you add that to the to the report, like report list. And if that report doesn't go for a week, like if you set it as a weekly, and if it doesn't go to go for a week, that man finish actually report it will finish on the report and it will say, This report was not sent this week. So sometimes when you have system, you need to make sure that, that things are actually happening as well. But that's a good problem to have because You saved so much time, you just need to manage, you you just need to make sure that systems are working. But the great thing about it is that once you have those systems that are working, you can improve on them. You can actually make changes on them. I mean, for us, like the HR onboarding is like a big process. So at Jotform, we have like over 500 employees now. Like we became a big company now. And, you know, I remember... At times, I was the only HR person. Like, I would take care of everything HR. So I knew everything about I was doing the onboarding myself. But now we have an HR team. We have people who are dealing with those things. But, like, we have all these different things, like, maybe a hundred different things that needs to happen. Like, we need to make sure that everything is happening. You know, the new employee needs to sign documents, like the NDAs or something. And, like, on their first day, we need to give them a body. The body needs to, like... Really, that that body needs to like communicate with them. We need to make sure that all these things are happening. It's like a big to-do list, big checklist. And when we do that, it's a system. And the great thing about it is, like, once we built this system, once we have this system, and we we are using Bombay HR for this system, Uh once we built this system, like, whenever we need to add something to the onboarding process, we don't have to say, oh, our onboarding is like, already is, like taking us so much time, like we. We have to do that as well. No, we we just say, okay, we'll just add this here. And that's it. It's part of the system. And it's just people can actually focus on improving the system as opposed to doing all these manual things, like sending these NDAs, receiving them, making sure they are correct, like all those different things. Instead of doing all these, those things manually, you know, they just do like, you know, some key stuff, make sure things are working properly. And But your automations can also have like, you know, manual checks as well. Like, you know, you can get approvals. You can ask someone to check for something, but they will just check it and then it will go back. And all the tools today actually have that capabilities, like workflow capabilities. You can even, you know, at Jotform, we have approval features. People can just, you know, they receive an email. They can approve it and then it triggers another form. It triggers another like email documents, whatever the customer what needs to happen so they can actually streamline all those operations that started with that form. So, and this is a circle. This is not linear. Like you just don't do this automation once. Uh, you have to keep automating. You have to keep dividing and concurrent designing and implementing and refining and iterating on your systems. And when you do that, you are actually so much more productive. And you are actually at the goal. Don't forget. Let's not forget the goal. The the goal is not to work for our civic. Our goal is not to like, you know, spend our spend time at the beach. What we want to do is we want to work on the important things. We want to work on the things that actually excite us that actually like, you know, uh, creative stuff. If you are like a business owner, like how can we grow our business? How can we, you know, make our product better? Things that are like, as Eisenhower said, things that are important, not
0: urgent. Saving your brain for the big stuff, like the book says. <laughs>
1: yes, the top title. yeah.
0: Okay, so did we cover the whole flywheel? I feel like that was a lot of different steps. There was a lot of stuff in there, and there's a lot to unpack. I think you had all three steps there, correct? Yes, so I think the thing is, is there's multiple pieces to each step. And and so there's a lot there. Again, the book has so much more than just the flywheel and just timeboxing. You've got workflow diagrams and flow charts as also possible or honestly important tools in this. I think for me one of the things that you know a lot of productivity people they, they they say okay hey which tool should I use this one or this one or this one or this one or and they keep going and going and I think for me it's like there's this possible realm where we get to continuous it, it's not that it's bad to have continuous refinement and and iteration but how do you Know when you're good enough, at least for now, without constantly tinkering. I think a lot of people could get into this and say, All right, I've got my system set up, but I've got to constantly keep rejiggering my system. And then they still don't get to the big stuff. What do you say to those people?
1: I think never ends. Like, it's just that's about like, if we had more hours in a day, like, there is no way that we can actually be done with all the work that's coming to us. Like, it's just, there's just so much happening. And I think it's about our age. Like, you know, we are so ambitious, like we constantly get, add new stuff, new work to ourselves. And automation is about like you know, giving us time so that we can actually you know pick new important things that to work on. But once we work on those things, we'll find new way new reasons to automate things. So we are basically like going to higher levels as we automate things. And that's the reality today. Like it's just uh you know, in the old times, everything was much simpler. But today, like we have so much work, so much going on, and you know, we are also enjoying the benefits of all these things. That you know, we have so much capabilities. Like we can listen to this podcast, listen to audio books, all these book, books digitally. Uh, so we have the benefits of all these technologies. But the technology also brought us like so much more work because we are, you know, getting more productive and we are getting more ambitious to do more it's a never ending cycle and i think if we don't want to drown in this en- never ending cycle we have to you know automate things so that the things that we don't want to deal with can be done on the background and we can actually spend our time on the important things
0: it strikes me that it might be possible to just say hey there's a certain time frame or threshold of okay i'm going to collect all the possible iterations or refinements that either strike me as I'm doing other things or other people send to me or bring to me or notice, collecting, curating those, or even setting aside a time, time boxing, to take all those things you've ideated or noticed or collected, received, et cetera, and say, here's my one block of time per week, per month, per quarter, where we go in and we investigate if that's going to actually be something that helps streamline or improves the process, or if it now doesn't matter because it wasn't urgent and it wasn't important now that I've got to the point where I've got the time box to do it.
1: Yeah. I would say as you, you know, automate things and as you have uh, more time, you gain more time to do more things. And as you do more things, you know, new things show up to automate. That's why it's it's a circle. It's a flywheel.
0: I know that there's also this, Speeding up of tools, especially when it comes to AI, as of about a year ago now, when chat GPT really entered into the vernacular of not just productivity people and not just business people, but everybody starts. I mean, everybody knew the term AI up till that point. But until these language learning models that could create essentially showed up and then started to pick up steam in terms of, you know, the zeitgeist of everybody's talking about it and everybody's using it, so to speak. How do you see those tools playing into the automation? I
1: think AI is the ultimate automation tool because uh, what AI does is um, something we do manually, something we can only do. It takes that and it can do it, uh, a machine can do it. And without AI, that's possible. But it's much more difficult because someone actually has to build exactly what needs to be happen, what needs to be automated. And the no code actually kind of gets it into a next step. So no code kind of gives you the like building blocks so that you can build your own solutions, but it's still not as powerful as AI because what AI does is it's actually, you don't even have to build those kind of flexible tools AI can actually do it itself. So that's the great thing about AI. So what, what's happening is that, you know, we had the software, uh, software eaten the world, like the, the first kind of revolution that was happening. There are three revolutions going on. So the, the first one is software eaten the world. Mark Anderson said this and basically everything is turning into software because software is much more flexible. You can do things much more easily on software and cars are, you know, uh, like all digital, all software now. So, uh, you would go to a terrible agent in the past. Now you can actually, you know, do your own stuff. Like you, you have so much freedom. So software actually gave people so much more power. It democratized things. The internet and software democratized uh, many things so people can actually do them th- themselves and more people can do those things. So that was the first revolution. The second one is the no code self revolution. That's still going on. And this allows people to kind of build their own solutions like the businesses they can use like products like Zapier to connect all these products so in the past like you would only the big companies they would go to SAP or Oracle and they would you know give millions of millions of dollars and they would come in and build automations for them but today like any business they can like just use all these automation products you will find them on G, if you go to g2.com all these no-code products. And if you connect them, uh like using Zapier or Make or like Power Automate, things like that, Microsoft Flow, you can actually join them together and build all these automations that like you can automate your workflows. And the third revolution is the AI one, because AI is just giving so much power to these automation products because AI is just much more flexible, because AI can can actually you know learn from previous experiences and it can actually kind of like it's it's like instead of building this product you know ai is building the product on the fly when you need them and that's why in like 5 or 10 years you know we are not going to even recognize uh what happened to the world because just there is just going to be so much easier to do so many things i think it's it's great for people because instead of spending our time on like these manual things like we are We, we are gaining so much more and we have much more capabilities to do much more. And this is great for humanity, I believe. Like, so that's the third step. And, you know, we are excited about it as well. And we use AI as much as possible on our uh, job form as well.
0: Well, like you said, there's so much more that is coming down the lane here with this. And there's so much more in your book, Automate Your Busy Work. Not that you didn't say a lot in this episode. There's You gave a lot of value, but there's so much more in the book. I'd love for you to share a little bit more about where can people go to find out more about you, about JotForm, and about Automate Your Busy Work, the book.
1: So I have a personal website, com. So my first name, last name.com. And you can actually find the automation flywheel, you know, diagram there. You can uh, read a free chapter of the book. If you like it, it's available on bookstores, you know, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. And there's also an audio version of the book. It's available on audible.com. It helps you automate things uh, and, you know, so that you can save your brain for the big stuff.
0: Awesome. It's been great talking with you today. I can't wait for people to dive into automation and really see how much of an impact it's going to make on not just their work life, but their life life. So thank you so much for sharing.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Well, that's another podcast crossed off your listening to do list. I hope that you enjoyed listening in on this conversation with Ida can talk. And I hope you got some ideas for quick, easy startup automations that you can begin using right now that are going to save you time. Like he was saying, a day of automation can save you months and years of time down the line. And I have found that to be true. I know what you're thinking because it's also what I'm thinking. But where am I going to find that day? Well, then don't say a day. Don't do a full day say an hour, say a half hour of automation. Do a little bit, set one thing up that's gonna save you minutes of time and start there. Again, you can find the link to his book, Automate Your Busy Work at beyondthetodolist.com. That's also where you can drop your email in to get on the newsletter for this show. Never miss a newsletter, never miss an episode. Drop your email in over at beyondthetodolist.com. That's also where you can follow the show, subscribe to the show. And if you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor by sharing with somebody? If you heard some kind of automation that brought up an idea for you, for a coworker, for a boss, for a team, hit that share button. And wherever you're listening to this, or again, over at list.com, send it on over to them. Let them know about it. It's going to help them. It's going to help you. And honestly, it helps me. It's a favor to me. So thank you so much for doing me that favor and sharing. Thanks again for listening. And I will see you next episode.